What a great joy to be together and start a brand new series called Reset. It's going to be a great time of looking at our lives, reviewing, and getting back on track. We all have a tendency to drift, and resetting means to begin again, to evaluate and do the right thing to get things back on track. Maybe you've been in your house when a fuse has blown. What do you have to do? You have to go out to the fuse box and reset the fuse to get the power back on. Or maybe you've gone on a trip and you, you need to set your beginning point again. So what do you do? You reset your odometer. In this series, we're gonna look at our lives and experience revival, regeneration, renewal, and restoration. We really pray that God will do a brand new work in our hearts and lives while we gather together and look at the story of Jesus. We're gonna look at a special Bible character that Jesus had, a, I think, a special heart for, but it's probably fair to say Jesus has a special heart for you as well. But I love this Bible character. His name is Peter. And he needed restoration because Jesus knew his humanity like he knows your humanity and knows my humanity. And even hours before Jesus was going to go to the cross, he, he gathered his disciples to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter was there. And Jesus looked at his followers and his friends and says, you guys are going to mess up. Peter says, no way, not me. I will never let you down, Jesus. In fact, I will go with you to the death. If it takes dying, Jesus, I will go with you. Jesus looks over and looks into Peter's eyes and says, before tomorrow's dawn, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny our relationship, not once, not twice, but three times. And Peter denied Jesus. He blew it. He blew it big time. And the story of Jesus is his heart towards Peter to restore him, to allow Peter to begin again. And that's good news. That's good news for me. Many times I needed a reset. I've needed restoration. And today, you may need or you have a loved one that needs to reset needs restoration. First of all, let's look at the story of Peter and find how he got to this point of brokenness. Let's look at his drift and take from the story some markers that we need to be careful of. Let's look at the story and talk about his restoration and look, first of all, what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. There was lack of prayer. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He was known. It was his known place of prayer. When Jesus needed spiritual wisdom and direction or just to commune with his heavenly Father, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. So on the night before he was to be taken, or the night of his judgment and before the crucifixion, he went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he takes his closest friends with them and he asks them to pray with him. So Jesus goes and he prays, and what happens? They fell asleep. Jesus comes back and says, 
specifically to Peter, Peter, couldn't you watch one hour? Couldn't you just stay with me for an hour of prayer? And then he encourages Peter, you need to watch and pray so you don't mess up. You need to watch and pray so you don't enter into temptation. So did Peter say, yes, sir, I'm going to pray. No, he slipped into a lack of prayer. Jesus came back a second time and they were sleeping. He wakes them up and says, hey, guys, we really need to pray. And they fall back asleep. He comes back a third time. They weren't praying. Lack of prayer. They had drifted off to sleep again. And Jesus lets, lets, just lets them sleep. Prayer is central to our relationship with God. It's how we communicate with our Heavenly Father. And it's a key way that our Heavenly Father communicates with us. Without prayer, it's some kind of faith that has no power. The Bible talks about a form of godliness that has no power. It's like taking the extension cord and cutting the cord and expecting things to work. Lack of prayer will cause your spiritual life to drift. And Peter experiences that. That lack of prayer brought him to action without direction. When he finally wakes up and they come to arrest Jesus, Peter springs into action. But it's not an action that Jesus wants him to take. Peter pulls out his sword and he swings the sword at the servant of the high priest and he cuts off his ear. Jesus says, put your sword away. That's not, that's not what I want you to do. Peter, you're just acting, but without my direction. In fact, Jesus goes over and picks up the ear and brushes it off and puts it back on the, the servant's head. Peter was acting, but without direction. You see, prayer helps us to follow the direction of the Lord so we can listen to His voice. If he'd been listening to the voice of Jesus, he wouldn't have swung that sword. If he had spent the time in prayer, he wouldn't have taken this radical, violent action. Have you ever seen a movie director run a scene, and before the scene starts, the director calls out a word? You know what that word is? Action. And then he wants the actors to follow his or her direction. It's why the director is called the director. Well, Jesus is to be the director of our life. But as we do our own thing without his direction, our lives drift farther away, which brings us to a distant discipleship. Now, Jesus is arrested and he's taken to the house of judgment and Peter's following, but he's following at a distance. These are people, maybe you've fallen into it, that say, yeah, I love Jesus. I, 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 I go every once in a while. I, I, I talk to the big guy upstairs when I need help. But it's a distant relationship. Because following Jesus too closely would have been dangerous. So he just kept his distance. You know, we want to call people to a dynamic relationship with Christ, a close relationship. We have a few things that are starting this month, our hope groups, to bring people into close discipleship. Don't practice distant discipleship. 
We have a special men's ministry that's starting up called Unrelenting, and I encourage you to check it out and be part of it. Men, don't be distant disciples, because as your faith drifts, you get into the dangerous place where you need a reset, where you need a restoration. His faith drifted. He finally, as he gets to the house of judgment, sits at the enemy's fire. He's outside of Caiaphas's house, and team Caiaphas was anything but friends of Jesus. All of the people that stood or sat at this fire that they had kindled was not a friend of Jesus. But Peter desperately wants to fit in at the enemy's camp. He desperately wants to fit in to those who are gathered together, even in opposition to Jesus. You know, the world has things that it offers to us. A fire that says, hey, just sit with us. But as you slowly drift in your faith, you are drawn to the enemy's fire, which eventually caused Peter to deny his faith. While he's sitting at that fire, uh, people begin to recognize him. They say, you look familiar. Weren't you hanging out with Jesus earlier today? You are a disciple. Peter says, no, not me. A second person, you are. You are a follower of Jesus. We've seen you with him. The Bible says that Peter cursed. He swore that he didn't know Jesus. What was he doing? He was denying his faith. Finally, a third time. Someone says, you are a follower of Jesus. You know Jesus. And he says, no way. He denies his friendship. He denies his relationship. He denies his faith. And about that time, the Bible says that Jesus was bring, being brought out of the house of judgment and across the courtyard, their eyes meet. Wow. Peter looks into the deep brown eyes of Jesus. He can see that Jesus has been beaten and abused. He can see the strength that Jesus has in that moment, and it's, it's contrast to the weakness of his denial. And their eyes meet, and then he remembers. Jesus had said to him, before the day starts, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter was one of the closest friends of Jesus. He was one of the first disciples that was chosen to follow Jesus. He was one of the first to say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus had many people. He had multitudes that followed him. He had 70 disciples that were a little closer. He had, of course, the 12 disciples. And inside the 12 disciples, his closest friends, Peter, James, and John. Peter is in Jesus' inner circle. It was Peter who made the declaration to Jesus. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. He was so close to Jesus, but here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to break your close relationship. He wants you to drift. And in these days, we can let our eyes get on so many other things that cause our relationship to drift. And this is a moment that we need revival, personal revival, a moment of letting Jesus bring us back 
to restoration. Hey, we're going to talk about Peter's steps back to restoration. Uh, Jesus didn't give up on Peter. And I promise you, Jesus hasn't given up on you. After Jesus dies on the cross and is buried and raises from the dead on the third day, he makes a special trip to Galilee. Now remember where Peter was first called to be a disciple? It was on the shores of Galilee. And here's what happens. Uh, The disciples have returned to fishing. Even though Jesus has called them away from fishing, they've gone back to the thing they were called away from. Who led them there? Peter. He said, let's go fishing. And they've had a lousy night of fishing. And there's a character on the beach, and he calls out, have you caught any fish? And they say, no, it's been a lousy day. And the voice on the beach says, put your nets on the other side. Sound familiar? Well, if you read Luke chapter 5, it's exactly a parallel to the story of Peter's calling. They pull the nets up on one side, they put the nets down on the other side, and the nets are jammed with fish. Sound familiar? Why did Jesus do that? Because he wants us to know that you can always have a reset. You can always have a restoration. He comes looking for us even today. He's knocking at your heart's door today so that he could restore things that the enemy has stolen. And here's Peter's journey back. He remembers Jesus is Lord. While they're sitting in the boat, they said, this is This is too familiar. Character on the beach, no fish on one side of the boat. Totally doesn't make sense to put the nets on the other side of the boat, but now the nets are filled with fish. And John says to Peter, it's the Lord. Now in Jesus' life, they didn't refer to Jesus usually as Lord. They called him master, and they called him rabbi, and they called him teacher. Peter had called him the Christ or the Messiah. But something had recently happened. There was another disciple that needed restoration, that needed a reset. His name was Thomas. He had heard that Jesus rose from the dead and says, I don't believe it. In fact, I'm not going to believe it until I put my hands in his hands and I feel the holes, until I put my hand in his side. And Jesus appears to Thomas and says, here, Thomas, you can can restore your faith. You can have a reset. And Thomas knelt at the feet of Jesus and said, my Lord and my God. The Lordship of Jesus took on a whole new light. And the disciples from that point on began to refer Jesus as Lord. In fact, that became the cry of the early church, Jesus is Lord. It needs to be the cry of our hearts today. Jesus is Lord. He is the divine Son of God. And as you realize He is the divine Son of God, it helps to bring restoration to your soul. Peter gets so excited. He jumps out of the boat. He's not waiting for them to get to shore. And he swims for it. He used to walk on the water, but this time he swims to the shore to meet with Jesus. And that we have to consciously do this. Be aware today, if you need a reset, if you need a restoration with Jesus, intentionally, intentionally draw towards Jesus. Jesus is on the beach, 
And notice this. Jesus has a fire. There was a fire outside of the house of judgment. The fire of the world. But Jesus has a better fire. The fire of the house of judgment may warm your flesh, but it will leave your soul stone cold. The fire of Jesus, it'll warm your soul and defeat your flesh. And Peter comes to that fire. He's drawing close to Jesus. And notice, Jesus already has some fish on. We, we don't really know how Jesus got those fish. I guess he could have just said, fish, get into the pan. Or maybe he did a little fishing himself. But he has his own fish already on the grill, already in the pan. But what does he say? Hey, Peter, I want your fish. Oh, I love this. Because as you draw close to Jesus, you understand Jesus' heart. He could do everything without you, but he chooses. He wants your flavor in his pan. He wants you to be part of what he's doing on the planet. He sees more in you than you see in yourself. Peter, you got some fish? Hey, why don't you put your fish with my fish? Because that's just the way Jesus is. He works in partnership and relationship. And as you draw close to him, he adds your flavor to his pan. And he calls you to return to your first love. In verse 15 and verse 16 and verse 17, Jesus asks over and over again, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Now, there's a lot of truth in just that little passage. Maybe he was asking because Peter denied three times. Maybe he was trying to teach him something about the depth of love because when you study the language, Jesus asks, do you agapeo you, me? You divinely love me, and Peter responds, I, I friend love you, a less than love. And so maybe there's a teaching there. But the biggest teaching I just want to take away today is Jesus wants you to love him. He wants your heart. He wants you to open your heart. It's such a beautiful part of the story when we ask people to open their hearts. We ask you today to open your heart. It restores, it resets it revives. And so he asks you the same question. He asks me the same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Don't drift from your first love. In fact, let today be a day where you reset. Just like the fuse. Turn it back on. Let the power of the love of God flow once again in your soul, return to your first love. The third time he says, do you love me? Return to your first love. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't just give up? Because <laughs> the first time Jesus says, do you agapeo me? And Peter doesn't answer with the same word. Yeah, I, I friend love you. I phileo you. Phileo love you. It's a friendship love. Two different words. But Jesus doesn't give up. He just keeps asking. He just keeps asking. In fact, the third time, he downgraded his ask. He says, well, do you friend love me? Do you phileo love me? Because he was going to take whatever love he could get from Simon. Because that love starts as a seed and grows. So the third time, Peter again says, hey, I do friend love you. And Jesus says, I want you to 
take care of my people, my lambs, my sheep, but it comes from a heart of love. And that brings us to these words that Peter hears again for the first time, I guess. This must have been a tender, powerful moment. Peter now looks into the same eyes, the same eyes that had called him on the Sea of Galilee so many years ago when the circumstances were pretty much exactly the same. Lousy night of fishing, a figure on the shore saying, have you caught anything? The answer coming back, no, it's been a bad night. Put your nets on the other side. Even though it didn't make sense, they put their nets on the other side. The fish flock to the nets. It's all the same. This is a, a story that Jesus has recreated to say to Peter, to say to me, to say to you, to say to your son, to say to your daughter, there is a path back home. There is restoration. This can be a day where you reset your relationship with Jesus Christ. So he looks into the eyes of Jesus and Jesus says to him again, these words, the very same words he says, you find them in Luke chapter five during the first call and you find them here in the resurrected Lord. He turns to him and says, follow me. Wow. Because Jesus saw more in Peter than Peter saw in himself. When Peter gave up on himself, Jesus never gave up on him. When Peter messed up, Jesus came to pick him up. Jesus does the same thing in your life today. If you've messed up, he comes to pick you up. As we begin this series, Reset, make this a moment where you review your spiritual life. If there's been prayerlessness, if there's been a, a distant following of Jesus, if you've been attracted to the, the fires of the enemy, the fires of the world, hey, Jesus has a better fire. And Jesus calls you into partnership. Jesus has a claim that no one else has. He conquered death and hell and the grave. Why? Not to just show off his power, but that you could be his friend. And he calls you today to restore your relationship with God. When the ancient King David had messed up in his life, he prays a prayer that says, restore to me the joy that comes from salvation. Restore to me the joy that comes from a relationship with God. Well, that's what Jesus would like to do in your life today. I invite you, where you are is a sacred place because you're there and Jesus is there. And I know exactly what Jesus is doing. He is knocking at your heart's door. He's calling you back to prayer. If it's slipped, he's calling you back. Let's, let's take some time. Couldn't you watch with me? Couldn't you take some time to pray with me? He's calling you away from the fire of the enemy. Hey, stop hanging out with those. Stop trying to fit in with those people. They're not helping you. Stop acting without direction. Have a life of purpose. He wants to say, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to, to live your life. And I want to be the best friend you've ever had. And I don't want anyone or anything to destroy that friendship. Because I see more in you than you see in yourself. So in this moment, would you open your heart as Jesus knocks? He's come looking for you through this ministry right now, through these words right now. 
you may have be very religious, but you've drifted. And I think we all need to look at our souls from time to time and guard against the drift to reset, flip the switch, turn the power back on, reset the odometer. Today is your day to begin again. And it happens like this when you open your heart to Jesus and you say, Lord, be merciful to me. I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I give you my heart. Help me to follow you. And if you do that and you're saying yes to Jesus today, we would love to know that. If you just text the word yes to our special text number, we'll send you a free ebook wherever you are in the world. We want you to restart your life with the Lord. If you need prayer, we have a prayer team that will pray with you and agree with you. Text the word prayer to the same number, 941-260-1321. I want you to know that we love you so very much. We're glad to spend this time with you. And I pray the blessing of the Lord will only increase in your life. Don't let anyone, anything distract you. Let this be a day of reset, restoration, revival, and renewal. I bless you in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed.